just that day Monday, Monday Sometimes it just turns out that way Phillies are 0-3, really? Your ERA is 9.26, really? And now they're headed to the Bronx and the red-hot Yankees? You probably didn't get into about 5 a.m. last night, really? What's up with that, Wiz? Not not a good start Speaking here. Speaking of sports. Yeah, we are back. It's another great day, and it's not, not a good start here for the Phillies, unfortunately, with an 0-3 don't want to make too much of it, as it is just the first first series of the year, first weekend. But, look, oh, at the end of the day, 0-3 is 0-3. And there's, it's, you just it, you just got to wonder, is this maybe you know foreshadowing what the first half of the season could be like without Harper, you know, with Hoskins out for the entire year? Is this what, Score. is the offense going to be like this? Right. Um, are we not going to have that timely hitting? But the pitching of really is... Should be the talk of, of Philadelphia today. I mean, starter ERA is over seven, and that's with two of the best pitchers in baseball, you know, pitching this weekend. We have uh, Larry Boa on deck for those that are listening right now. Yeah, we do. He will be on today. Reliever ERA over almost at twelve. It's you know dead last in baseball. But so the start of the weekend off the Phillies pitching right now was the worst in ba- worst in baseball. It's just not the momentum you, you really want to start right. the season off with. So three games in, full of chock full of anomalies. Give me the stat that concerns you the most. Maybe the one that's not an anomaly. Stat that concerns Sorry. me yeah, the I mean, most. just grabbing from the bag. Listen, there's a reason that Detroit is next last in ERA. So on and so forth. The next team won't surprise you either. Kansas City. So there is clearly relevance to it. I think the biggest concern, the biggest, you know, oh, wow, I don't want to panic, but yep. could this be a problem? It could Is it going to be the bullpen? There's a lot of unknowns there this year, and you have some new guys on board. You have a lot of promise on the starting pitchers. You, everyone's confident Wheeler's going to bounce back. Nola's going to bounce back. You, know, you have maybe Painter down the line, you know, Ranger coming coming here too like you got the solid starters but there's a lot of changes on in the bullpen and they didn't start off good so there there's some there's i would say the bullpen is the biggest biggest question mark the biggest concern for me right now when you look at starting pitching and you know how nuanced and and uh, the idiosyncrasies and each month has a very specific role for major league pitcher the fact that they pitch or play an extra 30 days in postseason 28 innings, I believe, for Nola Wheeler is probably 30, something like that. But it's it's another three, four starts. Competitive, you know, they say, oh, competitive pitches are not. As competitive as it gets, the World Series pressure. Then they use the, the, the term World Series hangover. Is this all part of they lose a month, regardless of how you cut it? You lose a month because you extended a month the year before? And therefore, that whole series of things that you do each year that you've been doing since maybe you've been 10, you're out of cycle. You're not in that monthly groove, so you're not ready yet to start a major league game based on condition and everything. And you could say you can account for that, make up, pitch more, stretch more. But, you know. Well, the timing's all off, I think, is what we're looking at there. And one thing I know I've heard a lot over the weekend, specifically with Aaron Nola, 
is there's, you know, heard on the radio, there's concerns of him being, you know, the Cole Hamels from 2009. In 08, Cole Hamels had a great year. Phillies obviously won the World Series. He had right. a 3.09 ERA. Right. He threw over, he threw close to 230 innings with playoffs. It'd be over 230. And he comes out in the next year, and he has a 4.3 ERA, and he's just not the same guy. Right. And he bounced back after that. He had many good seasons. But that next year, 09, where he probably had, oh, wait, his, his, most innings pitched of his entire career, if you add off regular season and playoffs, and he was never never that same guy. He never bounced back that following season. And it's obviously way too premature to say that about Aaron Nola. But he did have a bad spring, which everyone said don't worry about, but his ERA was close to seven in spring. He did come out all of a sudden with looking good in the fifth inning, just get absolutely rocked. And we've seen that with Nola before. He's always struggled with. He's yeah. always been a one-inning guy. It's all fair. But, look, I'm not sounding the alarm, but... You just got to hope that Nola can bounce back yeah. and settle in coming off this as many innings as he as he threw there's, last year. There's always room in life for an alarmist somewhere. Why not be that guy, you know? <laughs> I say That's, this statistically. It's going to be a long damn while before 9.38 gets back to 4.26, okay? That's just a lot more innings of very productive pitching before you write that shit. You know, you just don't see those stats make a very quick Correction, right? No, you don't. And the problem right now with the Phillies is 0-6 isn't isn't I, impossible. I said that before the season it's not started. Impossible. Given Texas, New York, I said they could come into town 0-6. Yeah, now now 0-3 should never happen versus Texas. Right. But the Yankees, they could easily sweep that series. Because you know, the Yankees they, are playing good right now. They right. started strong. They're home. Uh, they, Look, they're anything, sleeping anything's possible. in their own beds. They're eating in their favorite Italian restaurant. Well, Phillies the Phillies didn't win. get in until 4 or 5 a.m. yesterday. Yeah, I, 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 we got Dial Bell up, I think. He's 11-15, and one thing you don't do in life is be late for Larry Boa. <laughs> no, that's fair, especially coming off his <laughs> performance last night. He was on the... Uh, I missed it. The A-Rod. A-Rod, yeah, on the MLB Baseball. ESPN2 had him on. Oh. Hey, Bo, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, it's Chuck and Chad here. Uh, thanks for coming on with us today. Congratulations, Bo. You're, uh, I mean, you're already a big ligger, but last night they're putting you on with A-Rod. Good stuff, man. <laughs> all right, well, thank you. Do they, pre they prepare you a bit for all that? I mean, do you know where no. it's going now? No, not really. They okay, all right. So, time. so no one's going to panic at zero and three. Of course, it's, 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 as far right. as as far as I'm concerned, it's a three game you know losing streak. That's all it is. Right now, the nine point three six team ERA, not panic, but kind of really concerning or not. I'm not, I, but I, I will say this: I do think that because of the workload they had last year in the short off season, I think they started off in spring training to be very, very cautious. I don't think they wanted anybody going a lot of pitches early. And I, I think that obviously we would have liked a, a longer spring training, but because uh, those guys, I think the most pitches we threw might have been, especially in a regular game. I know guys went down and played against the minor leagues, but. That's, it's not very competitive when a big league pitcher goes down and pitches against A players. So, But I think 65 or 70, and, hey, our first two guys are, are studs, basically. Yeah. Uh, they didn't give us any length the first couple games, so hopefully – I know that's going to improve. There's no right. doubt in my you mind. Know, doubt. That. But, uh, and and I, I don't think Ranger Suarez is uh, that far off. I mean, I'm not – I know he's got to do a rehab and all that stuff. But uh, I think we're going to be all right. I, yeah. I really do. You, you got to be pleased 
not that I want this trade off, but if I had to take it, I'd probably take the pitching and the 0-3 to see three or four guys hitting so far that we had a circle around concerned about, are they going to get off to a good start? Castellanos being one of them, of course, and Stott. These guys are having good at-bats. That's a very positive sign. Yeah, they are. In fact, Castellanos, I know. I don't know what he hit in spring training, but I noticed watching the games down there that he got a lot of walks, and that means he's seeing the ball good. And, you know, last year he was swinging a lot of first pitches, and uh, I think he's starting to get comfortable at the plate. I thought he had some good at-bats in Texas. Stott swung the bat good. Uh, I think Bone's going to have a monster year. And, and, and you know, we, we know Schwab. Uh, he just missed the ball last night. He hit the straightaway center. And, you know, when he gets in one of those grooves, yeah, you know, he's going to take off. But uh, Trey Turner's going to be uh, Mr. Consistency as far as I'm concerned. He, he does, he's got such a short swing. And when he's – I mean, you several times in that series, he was down in the count one and two or oh two, and he hits balls to right field. Uh, you know, he sort of takes what the pitcher gives him. and. Uh, if and if you if you're behind the count two zero or three one, he can do some damage to you. Yeah. But this kid, uh, he's really going to bring a lot to the table. I think the people are going to enjoy watching him play. He brings a lot of energy every night. He can beat you so many ways: glove, bat, legs. Uh, like I said, it's it's nice to get that first win out of the way. But uh, if you go back and look at the history of our games in Texas, we haven't done. I don't know if we won a game. I think we're zero and eleven or something. I don't know. Pretty miserable it's out not, there. It's not very good. I know that. It's a streak we will not talk about. Yeah, yeah. Turner's yeah. Turner's interesting when he gets the two strikes, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but he just gets rid of the leg kick completely and just does like a motorcycle star. I mean, he doesn't even pick it up, and he'll go to right field. He leads yep. baseball. It last three years, bud, the, or two years. He leads baseball. With number of hits with, with two strikes. Yeah. He's really an unselfish batter where he's not looking for OPS with two strikes. He's just just contact the opposite way, right? That, that's, that's a great uh, uh, asset that he has. If you watch his bat, you know, when he, especially when he's down the count, his bat stays in the zone. It's a flat bat when he's down 0-2 or 1-2, but it stays in the zone so long that, you know, a lot of guys with that, they swing up and the bat's in and out of the zone. But if you check him out uh, when, when he's down the count, man, he just he battles, he battles, he fouls off tough pitches to stay alive up there. He's not trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark, but he's powerful enough, too, with two strikes to hit it out of the ballpark. Uh, I think the, the fans of Philadelphia are going to love to oh, watch this guy play. And, and I think the one thing that, that I like more than anything it has nothing to do with average hits or anything, Check the game's played out every year. He goes out there every day. This guy likes to play. 158, 160. That's rare right now. Yeah, only a Bobby Abreu posted up like that. Okay, I'm sorry about yep. Bobby Abreu. Yep. Now, I'm going to set the table for this question, Bo, and tell me if it's got if it's fair or not. I don't, I'm not picking on the guy. He had a really major contribution last year. But when you look at where they bat Kyle Schwarber, okay, up to second now, and, you, and the game is so heavily influenced by analytics. So when you look at his April-May career stats, we're not talking last year, the year before. We're talking career. So we're talking a 1,000 sample size. Bo, if you do something a 1,000 times and I watch it, I'm going to bet you do it 1,001. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? a 1,000. Okay, ride a bike the same way a 1,000 times. You're going to ride the rest of your life. You're going to ride it the way. Okay. So in April-May, Schwarber is a 205 720 OPS guy, 
and 300 Ks and 1,000 at-bats. And then in June, the numbers flip opposite. Can't they look at that and say, you know what? In the beginning of the season, we're going to bat him fifth. When he warms up, maybe back up there to second. I know Harper back is going to you know, change this anyway, potentially. But wouldn't it make sense to not ask him to do that when you have career stats that say he doesn't warrant being a two-hitter that early? You, you know, I, I didn't realize those stats were a thousand at that. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty uh, dominant right there. And we are big time into analytics, so I know that that information is being passed on. There's no doubt in my mind because they don't miss a trick down there with the analytic part. It, it could be a matter of, you know, maybe Tom's was talking to him about where he feels comfortable. I don't, I don't know because I'm not in those individual meetings. But I didn't realize that those those are pretty. Uh, yeah, it's compelling. Uh, they, they get your attention quick when you have that many at bats. So I know he's always talked about he's a, he's a slow April. I didn't know April and May. Yeah, but May uh, too. we we all know when he does heat up. Uh, you can get on his back and yeah. ride him. But but I didn't realize maybe going into New York tonight with that short porch and right, he can get on track here. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and the other day it was it was illuminated when I believe it was Turner was on second, no outs, and you're just looking for. Schwartz, the pull the ball just to move right. him over, and, and and you have a strikeout, and right away my mental clock was going. Oh man, how many times last year in a situation just to play the game right and advance somebody, the strikeouts at two hundred, you know that means he's going to strike out one out of three at bats, and yeah, it just not putting the ball in play is what bothers me. And I'm not looking for fifty five home runs. I'm not looking for him to bat two ninety. I I just get bothered by the by the strikeouts when your leadoff hitter looks like he's going to be as prolific as Turner looks like he's going to be. I mean, if the, if his on-base percentage was 390 this year, that wouldn't shock me one bit, Turner. He he just doesn't look like he's going to make a nap right now. He's on, he's no, on, and, he's and, on everything, you know? He's on everything. And, and the other thing he brings to the table that he's going to get his infield hit, too, with yeah, okay. uh, his speed. So, but, but uh, and I, I'm, the bat last night was tough. The guy threw a, a nasty changeup to him, down and in, and uh, he, he swung, swung over the top of it. But I agree with you. But you know, I look back at the second half. Maybe not the whole second half. Maybe the last month and a half. We had great situational hit as a team, and I think that was a big part of us moving on and getting into the World Series. And we got to pick that back up. Right. There's no doubt in my mind that that's. Uh, that's part of our game, and we have the people that can do that. So, yep. like I said, I'm not going to panic over three games. Uh, sure, I seen guys all spring. I seen the, uh, I, I've seen the the inside of the clubhouse how these guys get along together. The uh, the, the coaching staff, the manager, it's a well oiled machine as far as uh, continuity, and uh, I, I just. I was sort of shocked. We lost three. There's no question in my mind. I mean, I I knew Texas improved, and I knew they were going to be a better team. But to go down there and drop three, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah well, I think you know we'll get it turned around here. We we got we got to do something in New York, and then you know we talk about this all the time. There's no easy games in baseball, but we have some teams that we should play very well against our opening six games. We got three with uh, Cincy and three with my. So that that should we got to get on track here in New York though first. What time did the team arrive? I mean, you played in Texas in four. That's what four o'clock. Yeah, you know why does Major League Baseball 
tee you guys up on a Sunday night with a game Monday in New York. Couldn't that have been a 4 o'clock game? In, I, I know the TV, man, but it just doesn't seem like that's a favorable spot, you know? It's, it's that, that bad scheduling right there. I mean, especially right out of the gate. Right, you yeah. know, right. You know, the other thing, and again, I'm not making excuses because I watch this team in spring training. I like it. But, you know, we had three, four, five guys that we really didn't get to participate in spring training because they were with the yeah. WBC. And, and people probably say, oh, that's not a big deal. It is a big, big deal. deal sure. It's a big deal when you, when you go out and you play the last – normally you play the last seven to ten days with your lineup, you know, and, and Tom said to give those guys a blow. I mean, they went yeah. through – they were playing playoff baseball in, <laughs> uh, in March. I'll say. I mean, the intensity of those games – and so they mentally they had to take a little breather. So they really didn't play together. And you saw the pop up that was misplaced out there between yep. Gray and uh, and Harrison. I mean that 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 stuff won't happen. But yeah. uh, you know, not being able to participate together uh, again, it's not an excuse. We just didn't we didn't play well. Right. And but we're gonna we're gonna get better. But why why we're on the topic of the lineups here a second ago? One thing I wanna I wanna get your opinion on. Is you know turning the attention back to back to Bohm. Obviously, he had a great spring. You know, he's still up and coming. He's really, really promising. Still at a young age, and he started the season off great. One thing that you know I don't hear too much when people talk about Bohm is you know they say he does he's good against lefties. But I don't necessarily think it's it's pointed out just how impressive it is. Last year, he had you know 175 plate appearance against lefties. Oh, did he well? And um, he hit 352 against them with an, with an OPS of 935. Are you kidding me? Now, that combination is number one in baseball last year with the maybe exception of Jordan Alvarez, depending on which whether you value more batting average or OPS. The point right. is, though, is Bohm is proven to be a top hitter in baseball against lefties. But you still see him not hitting, you know, maybe third in the lineup or something like that, where he his statistically warrants. But is that a comfortability where maybe they want to? I mean, obviously, look, Bohm's paid way less than Castellanos is. How much is that that some type of issue, or do you think Bohm? Where do you think? What's, so what's, your question is when they're facing a lefty, just like we were talking about Schwarber the first two months. Why not elevate Bohm against a lefty? Bohm is the best hitter on this team against lefties. Period. That period, I, yeah, I, okay. I agree with that. I mean, he had no problem at all with lefties, even when he went into his little funks last year. Right. Uh, it seems like a lefty was on the mound and he get out of it. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that uh, before this season's over, you're not only going to see him just against lefties moving up. I think you're going to see him move up against everybody. Yeah, I, I think this guy's going to be. I think he's going to have a good offensive year. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He's learned how to look for pitches when he's ahead in the count. He's pulling balls that he normally hadn't done the last first couple of years. Uh, I look for him to be elevated, uh, you know, again. And, and, you know, Tom, I've read some of his quotes today. You know, he says, we're still feeling our way through this. Uh, uh, but that's, that's another great stat. I mean, you gave me two staffs today that are eye-opening on Schwab and uh, – and boom. Yeah, I've got one more for you when we end up. I got one more for you on your career. I'd like to give you one per podcast, but this is going to this is going to be a good one. On a more serious note, Chad, I'm going to go back to you, but I don't mean to take up all your your questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I say that. I apologize. I do it every single podcast, but we will go back here. Okay, so I'm taking you back to the first game. Now, this is kind of a micro thing that 
the announcers don't talk about, but you know, my crazy mind, I, I replay it on my home TV and I look at it and I send it out to my people. Okay, so you got Hall is playing first base with one out and the catcher up. It's five nothing, and the catcher insides out the ball and he gets it to right field and the announcers say that may have been off of Hall's Hall's glove. So I do the replay, which does not show if it hit the glove or not, but what it does show is Hall playing mid-infield. Now, when we coach, granted, at the amateur level, but in that situation, protecting five, we're not protecting the, the home plate. We're protecting the next out to get to two up five nothing. But why would Hall not be back as far as he's allowed to go? He can't touch the grass by the new rules. But why would right. you have Hall back on the perimeter of the infield to cut down the infield line driver, real hard ground ball, because you're really looking for one out there, up right. five nothing. But he was ten feet away from that. What am I missing, Bo? Well, the only thing you might be missing, and again, uh, the situation was was it first and second? It was bases loaded. Okay, bases loaded, and maybe they thought they were looking for a double play, and if he's way back, I don't know. You know, Hall is not really. He's like Haas as far as foot speed. And I guess it was a comfort zone for him if there was a ball hit to second or short to get back to the back. I don't know. I, I, that may be I, it. Because I, I didn't see where he was positioned. Right. But I agree with you there that with a lead of five to nothing, we should be right near the grass. Right. You know. Right. And you could be over a little bit closer to the bag if you're worried about him not getting to the bag. But I didn't really, I didn't see that where he was positioned. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. And, you know what? That, that, a good question that I because I Bobby Dickerson and I talk a lot. Yeah, if you get uh, if you get that and you yeah. pass that back to us next time we chat, that that would yeah, be I fascinating. Will. I will. I said Bobby's out, pretty good at that. Yeah. Bobby's good at that. He has a reason. Yeah, you know I've asked him a couple times last year about certain situations and his answers were right on. Right so on. Yeah, that's that, a, that's something. That's something I'm, I will definitely ask. Him. That's what they they get paid to do, and they rarely let you down. Right? They know what they're doing. <laughs> They'll give you the yep. right. No, he, he Bobby's Bobby's good that way. He'll, if he thinks he, you know, if he thinks that was, uh, if he was out of position, he'd say, "Bo, that's on me" or something. But uh, uh, I'm anxious to see what he, what he has to say about that. Because it's not like they don't check off, Bo, and that when you're the defensive coach, you're looking at everybody constantly. Right. Right? You don't miss a pitch, right? You're right. always, especially in the infield. I mean, his yeah. job, yeah, and he's good. Believe yeah. me, he's one of the best. And uh, in that situation, again, uh, up five runs. Uh, I, the worst scenario is I'm backing him up and knocking it down to get an out at first, you know, knock it down and flip to the pitcher. So I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you may have hit upon it when you said his comfort level, knowing he can get the first, get the – some guys feel a little slow of foot, like I may not get there, so I got to cheat up so I can be at first. I know that's an issue with first baseman. That's for, even when I was on the field coaching – No kidding. Uh, first reply is, hey, I got to make sure I can get to the bag, which, and, you know, I respect that part of it. But again, when you're up five runs uh, there, you, you got to give a little bit there and say, hey, let's stay away from the big inning. Let's get an out here somewhere. Now, when Harper says last night being interviewed uh, that the players want to take the game back, so to speak, can you interpret that for us, Bo? The players <laughs> want to take the game back. So they actually just say that's over. I, I read that quote this morning because right. I didn't hear the interview. I don't know what that meant. I, I guess it means. <laughs> All the rules that are being put in now, I think he wants the players to have a, a bigger say in this. I don't know, right. but I, I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to define that also. That's hilarious. Uh, I know one thing. I, I do know this because I know he doesn't like that that, that pitch clock. Right. You know, right. just talk it. He's on, he was on the bench and we yep. talked during spring yep. training. and that. He's like, I just don't like that. He says, you know, everybody tells you in this game, when things get hot out there and the situation's really getting intense, what are you told to do? Yep. Step out, take a deep breath, concentrate. And he's right. I mean, you hear that from the time you put on a baseball uniform. Hey, when the game game starts to speed up, step out of the box, take a take a deep breath. And I'm watching games the other day, and I hear I see a guy get rung up on strike three because he stepped out of the. It was in the Miami game. He right. stepped out of the box, and he wanted to gather his thoughts, and he didn't get in in time. And it was a it was a big part of the game. I mean, yep. the Mets were winning at that time. I, I think, saw three to one. Yep. And and they rang him up. I mean, to me. I understand that for the fans' sake, they want a, a faster game. But there's also a point in the game where, as a pitcher, as a hitter, you want to regroup. You know, things are moving fast. You want to step out, slow it down. And this this the pitch clock is not going to enable pitchers or hitters to do that. But what you're seeing now is a lot of catchers are pulling time out. Uh, I'm a pitching coach. I've saw it in a couple of games. They run out to the mound when things are getting tight, and they'll make a, a visit where normally maybe they wouldn't. They let the pitcher walk around the mound, gather his thoughts. Now there's there's a couple outs you can do as, as the catcher go stand up or the pitching coach go out and talk to the pitcher. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing unfolds here. I um, mean, you made it. You texted me uh, yesterday about uh, uh, last night's game when when. Craig uh, oh, yeah. Turner literally had a, a, a running lead, he was and all of a sudden the catcher <laughs> puts up his hand like timeout, what? and it negated the whole play. I, I, that that shocked me. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm going to take the opposite side here. I know both you. I I, that's, I originally was on that point, but I slowed it down, and the catcher, in my opinion, now let Bo know we're watching. Right now. We I have, have the video the in slow mo just on my on my phone here yeah, or my iPad here okay. showing Chuck, and I'm going to keep and him honest, Bo. The second, all right, all right so. The catcher starts to raise his hand. He's Turner's moving. Turner's moving. He's not moving yet. He's okay. Not yet. And look, the catcher's glove is already going up. So so Turner wasn't running before. It's almost identical. It's it's a tie. Before Turner even lifts his leg, the catcher's hand is already going up. I see it. So my my only thing is, look, I don't know how the catcher could have that fast of a reaction time, but I do think the catcher was still doing it. Because of the knowing where the pitch timer was at, so you don't think he did it because he saw. He, you don't think he did it because Turner had that huge lead. Okay. No, Bo, I don't. Just impossible. because of how quickly the catcher raised his his glove or to call time, right. it was before Turner even got his first step off. Yeah, if it was, take, you know, if it was a, a step or two later, I would say absolutely. Take a picture of that. You know, Bo Tur- Turner is so darn quick on his first step. You and I thought he was in motion because it really did look like it, right? You know, I think the one. There's this new rule, and, and I this part I do like. Uh, I don't like the fact that if you throw over twice the third time, but it, it is, it, you know what it's doing? It's creating stolen bases again. Yes, it is. I think, I think that's a good part of the game. But I would like to see us create stolen bases doing it the other way. And, uh, you know, obviously that, that hasn't happened. So they've tried to uh, put this rule in, and it's so far – you're seeing a lot of stolen bases. Yep. There's no doubt in my mind. There's going to be a lot of stolen bases. Absolutely. Well, through the first weekend, right now, the stolen bases 
They're, I believe, 50% higher than last Jeez, year, but sure. the one that I am positive on, they're at the highest rate since 1999, which is, uh, I mean, that's good to see. Now, I think, oddly enough, yeah. after saying that stat, bud, oddly enough, the runs, again, it's three games, four games, we know the sample size, but the runs are identical to last year, right? They're actually slightly down. Yeah, I mean, they're not oh, up wow. though. But they're not yeah, up. how about that? But with you, guys, all the, you guys are good with those numbers, man. I yeah, tell you. thank you. Compliment for you is a tall compliments. We really appreciate it. <laughs> not really, but coming from you, we're going to frame that bad boy. But you know, it's crazy too, Bo, because you did this time last year again, three games. We won't say anymore. But you did have a team like the Cardinals batting three eighty. That lineup doesn't have an easy out in it. Hey, we talked about the Cardinals lineup construction for the last six podcasts. And then that kid Walker makes the team, and you and I were talking about him. They don't have an easy out in the lineup, you know. They don't have an easy out, but I'm not sold on the uh, the pitching yet on, on that no, team. No, I agree. I, I, they they are going to score runs. There's no question about that. Um, I I don't know. I just see uh, the this early part of the season. I expected a lot of uh, two to one games because you know I don't think hitters are ready, and I don't think starting pitchers going deep, but I think obviously a lot of these teams are back in the bullpen. Uh, that's their asset. But there's been a lot of run scored. But as you said, it's down. <laughs> that would have got me on that, too. If somebody says six runs are up or down by now, I'd say they're up. It's but, a good thing Chad didn't put us on Jeopardy tonight and the subject matter being first. Yeah, I'd, I'd have been eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, does, does Soto need to get 400 bats. I love the guy offensively. I know he didn't come in that way. He was known for his glove. Bow, he has graded bats, doesn't he? Who's that? Sosa. I said Soto. My bad. Sosa. Yeah, Sosa. He's got got good good at bats. This guy can do a lot of things. Uh, I I got a chance to see him the the entire spring because we played him a lot because, you know, Trey was away. and, uh, And so he played third. He played short. He played second. They put him in center. Uh, he brings a lot of energy. He runs good. He's got a great arm. Uh, I, I'm sort of I, I scratch my head a little bit because at the time we got him, the Cardinals were really scuffling at shortstop, and I was wondering why why in the world would they have gotten rid of him uh, in that trade? Because he shows you can do a lot of things on the baseball field, but uh, he gives you good at bats. He gives you real good at bats. If uh, if you were having a beer tonight with Cody Bellinger and you said, you know, Cody, the first three years, you're 285 slash 375, 59, 50, you know, uh, 190 home runs. I mean, wow. And the last uh, three, 180, 250, 350, he's completely different hitter. He's only 27. It looks like he's playing himself right out of Major League Baseball. What would you say to Cody Bellinger if you couldn't use the word launch angle or two words what would you say to cody ballinger is he the biggest mystery in major league baseball right now bo he's an enigma for me when i first saw i saw bat speed i saw his foot speed i saw his defensive capabilities uh he got caught up i think in trying to get the ball in the air i don't think he needed to do that his swing was 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 putting the ball in the air enough um i i'm not going to give all the pitchers all that credit saying oh they can put the ball where they want to because a lot of these guys they throw 98, but they don't know where it's going. So right. I'm not going to give them all the credit. I, I got to think that he got caught up in lifting the ball and he really didn't need to do that. Uh, I keep waiting for him to break out again. And the other guy that, that sort of got me going is uh, Yelich, too. All of a sudden, uh, this that? guy, 
you know, I'm looking at these two guys, and when I first saw them, you know, they, they were both going for rookie, I mean, uh, MVP. Right. And I said, these guys are going to be around for a long time. Both left-handed hitters can do a lot of things. And they both sort of, I'm not saying falling off the cliff, but they're 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 going downward as far as their numbers are concerned. Uh, and, and that sort of shocks because they're not that old. Yeah. And, yeah, the ironic thing with, you know, with Bellinger and talk about, um, you know, launch angles, the years he was the MVP or really that, you know, Close. prime player, it was, you know, all below 18. His 2019 year, he was 17.9. The years he struggled, the past really two years, he's been up to 22 and, and, uh, and 20 last year. So you're saying, just for the people that listen that don't understand that, you're saying in his launch angle during his MVP-like years was less than than his launch angle the last three years. Yes, well, two years really. Two Looking years. at twenty-one, twenty-one, twenty-two. That also it was way up, and is that's when he was really wow, been a totally different player. That'll shock me you too, know, bro. If you guys think about that, when you try to get a, a bigger launch angle than originally he had, you're creating a bigger hole yep, in yep. that up end area, and that's what's happening with him. You see pitchers that know what they're doing out there. That's where they are trying to get him out. Uh, I think he needs to flatten his bat out a little bit, and because uh, he's got. Tremendous bat speed. I yep. mean, I, I've never seen bat speed like this. And uh, to see him go through the struggles he's going through, it's, it's sort of, uh, I sort of scratch my head and say, God dang. Yeah. This guy's, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of skill. You, you almost don't think it's possible to be that good and then fall that, that quickly. You know, you got to hope because, you know, one thing you hear in baseball a lot is, you know, is it too analytical nowadays? And, my only hope for Cody Bellinger would be a coach didn't get to him and say, hey, look, we're going to change your launch angle yeah, because yeah. the last thing you want to do with Cody Bellinger after the 2019 season it's was changing. change anything. Right. 47 right. homers, 1,000 OPS, almost 120 How RBIs. And defensively. Gold Glover, right? Silver Slugger, and the MVP. And I a mean, rocket for Talk long. about a season right hey, there. Hey, Bo, is it a lost art? To st- I don't, one of the things that I noted, I watch all the games like you do, is it a lost art to tag up from first base on an obvious catch. The center fielder's going back. He's not turning. He's going to make the catch, but it's going to be dead smack to the wall, fast run at first base. They don't tag up anymore from first or second, do they? I have no idea why that. I, you know, it's happened two or three times in the games I watched this yep. weekend. Yep. That And the guy at first, I'm not talking about a catcher that can't run. I'm no, talking no. about <laughs> I'm talking about a guy that's got uh, average to above average speed. Yeah, like Turner didn't do it. it. Yeah. I mean, these like you said, as long as you, you, his back is to the fence yeah. and you see he's under control, right? Ninety nine, or I should say, ninety nine and nine tenths of the time he's going to catch the ball. You've got to tag up on that ball, and you get yourself in scoring position. Stay away from a double play. Uh, that that's the things that create innings for you. Get those runs where you you're not scoring a lot of runs, and then you do that. You tag up on a ball. Guy gets a base hit. You got a quick run. Uh, I got to think that, that again, um, you know, you're taught uh, to, on a fly ball, go halfway. But once you see the guys under control and everything, man, you got to get back there and tag, especially when the ball's high in the air, where you no chance of this guy messing up a, a ball out there. But that's, again, good base runners, they will do that. I mean, I, I played with a guy that did it all the time, and he couldn't run a lick, and that's Pete Rose. Pete Rose might bet one of the base, base uh, uh, runners I've ever seen for a guy that was below average foot speed. But how about Rose first to third? Oh, unbelievable. unbelievable! Wasn't it just great to watch yeah. it? And, and you know, he, he he came up with that that saying 
you know, and I heard it before, but he, he emphasized it to us when he came over with us. He says, if you hit the bag at second base and the ball is still on the ground, it's not in that outfielder's glove. Just keep going. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I even to this day, I watch that now when there's a base hit the right center or left center or even straight away, and the guy's running and the ball's still on the ground and he pulls up at second. And I'm saying, man, he said they create so many problems for outfielders. They look up. Uh, they bobble the ball because they want to hurry, but it makes a lot of sense. Believe me. So is it is it a, is it true? Part of folklore, or is this is the story I heard from Rose that when he first, early in the season, first season he's with the Phillies, you did not get a sacrifice bunt down, and you came into the dugout, and you were about thirty feet from Rose, and he snapped, get the f yep. and bunt down, and you said. Something like, I, obviously, I'm not quoting here. I, I tried or I, I tr- wanted to. And he said, I don't care about try. Get the effing bunt down. Is that a true story, Bo? Is that it is a true story. Is it really? That is, yeah. And because normally, if I did that 10 times, nine times, I'm getting yeah. it down. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but the fact is, you know, he, he made you be accountable. And right. But on the other hand, if he did something wrong, he would come in and say, that's on me, man. Uh-huh. I mean. But if you can't do that now because of, uh, yeah. I don't know, personalities right. now, the sensitivity of some players, I mean, he'd let it be known to the whole dugout, hey, you need to get that bunt down. That's great. And, you know, it, 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 it didn't bother me. Right. Like it bothered me that I didn't get it down. Right. But I wasn't going to go into some, in, into some shell and, and crumble up. <laughs> right. I knew I, I messed up, and I knew that I had to get the bunt down. <laughs> and uh, but, but, see, sometimes – other guys listen to that and they learn from that. Right. Except that Pete just jumped Bo. If that situation comes up, I better get it down because he's going to jump me. That's police yourself. And and you know what? That that to me is part of the game of baseball. When you can police yourself, you don't need a coach to tell you you need to get the ball down. You got your teammates saying, "Hey, that's your job. Get the bunt down." You got Blazinski and Schmidt coming up yeah. next. You do your job. And you know what? He's right. And I told him, I said, you're right, you know. And I love the fact you authenticated that story. And the, and the end of the story, you could verify this part, was Rose said in the rest of the season he never missed another opportunity to get the bunt down. I did. I did. I, did. I mean, it makes you, you know, you get a guy like, the, well, I know he's not in the Hall of Fame, but when you put up the numbers he did, and he's, he's jumping on your Right, butt, right. And you know what? And I not only want to please the Philly team i want to please pete rose that i can sure. do this that's a great and, statement yeah and that's that to me that's that's part of tough love that's part of respecting uh you know i respect pete i know he respected me but there comes a time in a game where hey you know what there's no excuses get the bunt down and he was right wow man i'll tell you let's end what a what a great story to share thanks so much for that that's illuminating it's ownership it, it, and you guys would have a beer right after that, right? No hard feelings. Oh, hey, trust me. That that after that inning was over, it was it was it was, it was, gone. It was a new point. It right. was like, and he would even say, he said, "Hey, maybe I shouldn't have screamed." I said, "Hey, Pete, you were right. Don't right. worry about hurting my feelings. You're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> now, if it was somebody else on the team, you might have hurt their feelings. Right? You didn't hurt my feelings. Now, was was so. was Dutch a lot like that? That's my last question. Was Dutch yep. a lot like Rose uh, Bow in that yeah, regard? Dutch was. Obviously, Dutch didn't have the offensive numbers, but yep. as far as leadership quality, yeah, there's no question in my mind he was. Always great, man. I'll tell you, talking with you is always fantastic. Today today was 
extra special. Thanks for coming well, on. You, you guys brought, brought my attention a couple of numbers, man. I didn't even realize the Corver <laughs> one. And uh, I knew Bone hit left-handers good, but I didn't realize that he hit them that good. Well, the so, last one I'm going to leave you with is, and this is not a knock on Trey, because I absolutely worship the way the guy plays. I love him. And he lives a, a mile from our house. He just bought a new home in Haddonfield. Uh, his career uh, chance numbers, there's a ratio uh, FR9. It's, it's your chances per nine innings. Not that complicated. Right. So he's a 3.66 career uh, FR9. You you were a 4.88. Now, you may say, okay, somewhat less chances now because of more strikeouts, but that is not a, it's adjusted beyond that. You were right. full point. <laughs> two more chances per nine innings than Trey Turner. That's a compliment, Bo, to how you played the game. You know, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But I'll, I'll take I'll take Trey. Yeah, uh, yeah. All the other things he does, yeah. I'll, I'll let him <laughs> sacrifice a little bit on total chances. So. <laughs> That's a good way to close. Hey, let's get the Phillies winning out there. And uh, get yeah, you we got to take two out of three here. We got to take two out of that's three. That's a good here. number. Yeah, it's a good number. Yeah. Two out of three, and everything will be fine. And uh, so uh, we'll look forward to having you back on. Have a great Monday, Bo. Thanks, Bo. All right, guys, you take care. Thanks, Bye. buddy. See All you. right. How about that interview, huh? Yeah, I have one uh, last thing to update everyone. After Nola's uh, performance, you know, again in opening day last week. The next morning, you kept hearing, yeah. "Is Nola an ace? Is he not? You know, what is, what is he?" So I just put a little poll out there on on Twitter. And uh, from, from speaking of sports account, I'm sure some of the listeners may have voted on it and said, simple, is Aaron Nola an ace? And before I, because I haven't shared the results with you, do you want to take a guess what the what the yes or no, what percentage said he is an ace? I, I will absolutely crush this guess. 75% of the people said he's not an ace. Well, that's not rehearsed, and that's very close. 79% of people said Aaron Nola is not an ace. That's not rehearsed. Not rehearsed. And last year, just to kind of give everyone some perspective there, um, well, short version, he's probably not an ace. He was 28th in the MLB last year in ERA. Uh, you know, he struck out a lot of people. Nola's big thing Walk has been... ratio went down. Yeah, Nola's big thing has always been longevity. You know, over the past five years, he is one of the leaders in war and stuff. But uh, at the end of the day... ERA doesn't maybe get up there to that ace level, but he's a guy who's going to be around. He's going to be healthy, and um, and also let's hope he bounced back. But moving on there, I think it's time that we go into the rants and raves, and I'm going to start with mine. Go, Batley. And it's going to be really short and simple, and it is going to be the leader of the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Okay. And that is Scott Kingery. Oh, boy. There we go. Through two games. Cousin Tony, pay attention. Through two games, he's hitting 333. He's a 1.55 OPS, two homers already to start the season. And this is a guy that I want to see called up to the Phillies soon if he keeps his performance up. And I want to see him contributing. I could see him playing any position. He's playing center field right now a lot for the Iron Pigs. And the point is, he had a great spring and is off to a great start in AAA. It's only a matter of time for this guy is knocking back on the door of the Philadelphia Phillies fighting for a starting position. Let's assume you're right. Let's assume he continues to hit at the AAA level. Where do you put him defensively? Center field. Center field. Yeah. Stott's, he, Stott, in my opinion, is going to be the everyday player. Oh, they're not going to mess with that. Not going to mess with Stott. Nope. Especially with, with Turner there. You don't want to yep. mess up that relationship. Right, right. Brandon Marsh, there's a hole in center field. Odd man out. Offensively and defensively, he's a liability. That I don't know how King may hold up in center defensively, 
But I think he'll, he'll definitely hit better than Marsh, in my opinion, if he gets that chance. I'm glad you didn't say that to Bo, that defensively is a liability. I'm not going to say that. We just recovered yeah. from the year ago when you pissed the ball off big time. Look, I'm sorry. The numbers <laughs> don't show that Brandon Marsh can handle center field. I hate, hate, I have to tell you, listening audience, that when, when Chad says that his defensive numbers are not good in center field, I looked at him this morning, and maybe they ain't. And we said it a year ago when the Phillies picked him up. Everybody in Radio Land was talking about what an amazing defensive center fielder we have now. We're on our podcast going, what are they talking about? And I'm going to tell you something. You don't become very popular overnight when the Phillies just inked a guy and there's this local podcast in Cherry Hill that's saying the guy stinks at center field. That does not make you popular. And that's what we said to Jay on that one, right? And we yep. so far, we don't want to be right. So far, so good on that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to – I always do a kind of a rant-rave mix here. I'm just saying to everybody, take it easy on the rule changes. Let it play out. So far, I think the game looks rushed. Uh, yeah, I think we overcompensated by a few seconds and certainly by a rule that will be changed. If uh, I don't know if they can change it midseason. I don't think so. But It's kind of unknown right now. The, the, the throwovers is ridiculous because, the, as I said earlier – they won't throw over to two to set the guy up on three, right? So his advantage after two is absolutely insurmountable to throw him out. So you can't throw over the second time because now it's you're in jeopardy, okay? Therefore, really, you've got one. That's it. And the runners know you only got one. So they're not too worried about that. So we've really enhanced – Base stealing. Now, isn't it odd that base stealing is up 30-something percent? It's like 37%, I believe. And I won't go back to sub or zero. That'll stay like that. Remember last year it'll, we did the stats stay high, yeah. after the first week, and we were talking about what won't change, some will. The ones that we said won't change. Look, stolen bases isn't going to change. That's going to change. It's going to stay way up. And yet where it it's doesn't at. translate to more runs yet. How about that little statistical anomaly out there, listeners? You got more stolen bases by a ton Runs are identical. Yeah, What's, they are right now. That's is, we're like the we're turning to the twilight zone. Bowen thinks we're the twilight zone. <laughs> they are right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, time will tell. We'll still give it a couple weeks, but I'll, I'm surprised that we haven't seen the runs increase with stolen bases this much higher. Don't you love when Bowen lights up when you give him a number and you can just feel it? You yeah. just feel he's just wow. What's that, you know? All but, right. Well, Philly's yep. going into the, going into New York. We got a big series ahead of us before we finally get a get opening day here, but. it's it's, good. it's a big week. You know, we, we can't get we, swept by New York. Do we have the pitchy matchups in front of us? We should have, we should always have that. Well, you have uh, tonight. You have Walker versus Cortez. Okay. Uh, looks be, like Tuesday, Strom versus uh, Draman. Got to be uh, Nola back up. Wednesday, right? Nola versus Cole. Wednesday. Yeah. Are they all seven thirty uh, starts, bud? No, no. A seven tonight, seven tonight, and seven, one, seven, one, one on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, maybe go up and see Wednesday's game. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Huh? Oh, I'm be moving houses. Oh, so you're moving. I'm, I'm uh, all right. Not available. All right. Thanks, Bo. Thanks, uh, Wiz. Yeah, we had uh, a blast. Look, as always, you can get us on our website, speakingofsportspod.com, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Whatever's left, if it's not banned, check us out at Speaking of Sports. You'll find us there. 609-828-5569. Good show, good rap, good Monday. Talk to you next week, guys.